Hello, and welcome to One to Grow On. What was that? <laughs> I'm trying something new, okay? Just let me do it. Okay, you do it. A show where we dig into questions about agriculture and try to understand how food production impacts us and our world. My name is Hallie Casey, and I studied and currently work in agriculture. And I'm Chris Casey, <laughs> Hallie's dad. Each episode, we pick an area of agriculture or food production that confuses a lot of people and try to get Hallie to explain it. And this week, we're focusing on foods that kill. What a beautiful delivery. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was very spooky. Thank you. It looks like I uh, peaked, and it probably sounds a lot spookier over the monitor than it will on the recording, but hey, whatever. Today is our Halloween special. Yes, it is. And I'm very excited to talk about all of these good, good foods that may or may not kill you. I mean, if they kill you, are they still good? Mm, I guess we can answer that question. (laughs) Or since they're plants, can you ascribe an inherent goodness or badness to them? Now there's the real question. Ooh. Let's get all philosophical on this. Now that's spooky. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so what's up first? Rhubarb. Now, wait a minute. Yeah. You made me one of the best pies I've ever had with (laughs) rhubarb in it. You did mention in the last episode. Yes. Did you try to kill me? No, 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 no. You never heard of rhubarb being poisonous? I think I've heard of maybe like the leaves being poisonous or something. I don't know. That's what people say is that like the leaves are poisonous, but the stems are not. That's what people say. That's what people say. That's a Taylor Swift song. Don't you know? I mean, I'm just... Okay, so the premise of this episode is going through foods that people say can kill you and deciding whether or not they can or cannot kill you. I see. Okay. (laughs) All right. So people say it can kill you. I don't really care what people say. I know other people care what other people say. I don't care what other people say. What does it actually do? Does it actually kill you? So the leaves are kind of poisonous really (laughs) yeah so i read this great nat geo article that said does rhubarb deserve its killer reputation oh so like maybe don't put the leaves in your salad so rhubarb has oxalic acid which is named for oxalis which is a very cute little wood sorrel that you see oftentimes mixed in with lawn grass and stuff like that um oxalic acid is also called oxalate that is the compound that can be problematic. Okay. But, I mean, it does have oxalic acid. It's true. But, like, also spinach and Swiss chard and, like, peanuts and chocolate and tea also have oxalic acid. And spinach has more oxalic acid than rhubarb leaves. Really? Yeah. So, definitely one man did die from eating too much rhubarb and okay. getting oxalic acid poisoning. Okay. How much rhubarb did he eat? It seems eat? like he ate a lot of rhubarb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in World War One, it was like promoted because it's a very, very hardy plant. It's pretty easy to grow in a lot of the U.S. And, you know, we were dealing with less food than usual. So they were encouraging people to start eating rhubarb and growing rhubarb and selling it and all this stuff. Uh, and so this there was at least one person who did die from eating too many rhubarb leaves. However, that it doesn't seem very common. It seems like if you grow rhubarb in your garden, you can't actually eat the leaves in addition to the stalks. Oh, nice. So our You can su- end up with kidney stones, though, and that's true for yeah. every leafy green that has oxalic acid, including spinach. If you eat, like, a bunch of it, 
can lead to kidney stones. And that's just not fun. It's not. All right. So our superfoods, we determine whether or not they are cape-worthy. Sure. So these foods, they are what? Executioner mask-worthy, <laughs> I guess. Which this one sounds like not. Not a threat. Yeah. Uh, I found one quote that said you had to eat five plus pounds of rhubarb leaves in one sitting to get ill from it, which seems like you would get ill before that, but... I mean, that would... If you bought the mixed greens, that's like eight bucks at Costco, but that's that's a giant box of salad that you gotta <laughs> it's eat. It's all rhubarb. It's not mixed <laughs> greens. It's all in one sitting. Oh, man. All right. Rhubarb, excellent pie. Yes. Not a threat. Great for the stems. You could probably eat the leaves and be fine. Watch out for kidney stones. Watch out. That's pretty scary. <laughs> What's next? Potatoes. Because we make them into french fries and get heart disease? An angle which we will not be exploring today, but does have some legitimacy. Okay. Uh, no, we're going to be talking about potato leaves and green potatoes. Green potatoes? Yes. What do you know about that? Like, what is your like knowledge as being someone who does cook for like what happens if the potato turns green? I've never seen a potato turn green. I've seen it get all kind of gushy and gross. What about like when it starts to sprout, it'll start to turn green uh, on the inside. Oh yeah, sure. Uh I mean if it if it sits too long in one place, especially in the dark, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll grow little sprouts, little leaves, whatever. Um you just pull those off, throw that away, then cook the potato and it's fine. I would not recommend anyone doing that thing. Really? <laughs> yes. Tell me about that. So potatoes are in the nightshade family. Wait, like the potato or like the tomato? Yes, like the tomatoes. Yes. Ah, look at me remembering things. Like tomatoes and chilies and eggplants and all kinds of stuff like that. If you're in the nightshade family, generally you have solanine, which is a very helpful plant chemical that helps deter pests. Um, However, if humans ingest too much solanine, you can actually get solanine poisoning and end up with vomiting and diarrhea. So this often happens if folks cook up and eat bad potatoes, potatoes that have gone green, because that greenness is meaning that it has chlorophyll. And if a potato has chlorophyll, then it also has solanine. So potato leaves are also very high in solanine. Um, and this is actually like some there there was a Smithsonian magazine article entitled Horrific Tales of Potatoes That Caused Mass Sickness and Even Death. Wow. I know it sounds like a Victorian novel or it something. Really like, does. It's ridiculous. It, I would not do this thing. Do not eat the potato that is green. Okay. Interesting. You know what else causes lots of vomiting and diarrhea probably is eating too many French fries. Okay, again, again, an area that we will not be exploring. Wow. Okay, I had no idea. So maybe you could maybe you could give it a little mask, little evil mask. Yeah, I mean, like you can die if you eat a bunch of green potatoes. You got to eat a lot of potatoes. You got to be probably already kind of sick. But there are definitely stories of this happening back a while ago before this was a thing that people were cautioned against. I actually thought they were healthier. If they have the mm-hmm. stuff going, but I guess not. Nope. All right. No, no, no. Watch do not out. do this thing. Danger potato. Danger tater. It's a danger tater. <laughs> All right. What's next? <laughs> danger tater. Danger tater. Okay. Uh, next, we have the 
cashew. My personal favorite nut. Really? Yep. I feel like that's uncommon. Love it. All almonds for me, all the way. Almonds are great. Love, Love almonds. Almond. Love an almond. But I also like to get a big box of cashews and snack on them. But not if they're going to kill me. So this one, I didn't hear as much. Like when I was Googling around to see like, you know, what people thought about what would kill you. This was like lower on the list, but I definitely did see it crop up. And honestly, I thought that this was poisonous. Not poisonous. Spoiler alert right now. It is not poisonous. What it is. So the cashew nut is actually a part of the larger fruit, which is called the cashew apple. doesn't really look like an apple, but that's what they call it. Um, it's in the family Anacardiaceae, which is the same family that poison ivy is in. So if you're handling cashew apples, oftentimes you can get contact dermatitis. Hang on. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to keep up. Okay. Am I going too fast? What's a cashew apple? A cashew apple is like the larger fruit that the cashew resides within. Okay, so you have to crack the cashew apple to get the cashew out. Yes, and that's all like hand harvested. And they like take out the cashews and then they crack open the cashew nut and discard the like outer husk. And then they have the cashew nut that they then sort by hand. So if you handle the cashew apple too much... That can poison you, or do you have to eat it? No, so the cashew apple, like the outside of it, can often give people contact dermatitis. Like, oh, wow. Po- poison ivy doesn't give everyone hives, right? Okay. So it some, does me. Right, yeah. But there's definitely like some people who just don't have that allergic reaction. So, yeah, there are some people who can handle a cashew apple and be fine, but most people wear gloves and long sleeves. Okay. So watch out if you're allergic. Watch out for the apple. Probably not really mask worthy but maybe a uh maybe a dangerous henchman yeah i mean the nut's fine like the nut's fine unless you're allergic to it obviously but it's Def- the apple is really gonna get you definitely will not stop eating okay next one is the kidney bean oh come on what kidney bean you never heard of kidney bean being dangerous no it's a bean beans are like cheap and healthy Good source of fiber and, and half a protein. True. And gas. So I found this great article from Oklahoma State University. Okay. And so kidney beans have this thing, and here we go. I'm going to try and say it. It's shortened to PHA, but the actual scientific name for it is phytohemagglutinin. Phytohemagglutinin. Yeah, that looks right. Basically, this is a type of lectin, um, which is like a kind of protein that is bopping around. There's often a lot of proteins in larger seeds like that um, and other carbohydrates as well in order for the embryo that's inside of the seed to really be able to get up and establish itself. Um, They basically treat it as a food reservoir for that young embryo. But for us, we eat it. That's why beans are so yummy and delicious and many other seeds are as well. But... This particular lectin, that PHA, can, in fact, cause vomiting and diarrhea. Wow. Do you have to just eat a lot of it or? No, honestly, like, it can happen. It can, this is kind of a nasty boy. It's a little yeah. bit of a nasty. I mean, it's not It's not really a threat. Like, you're not going to die. Okay. Bit of a nasty boy, though. So be sure to soak any kidney beans for, like, five hours before you cook them if you're cooking them from yeah. dry beans. Okay. But if you're buying, like, canned beans, you're fine. You're good to go. Cool. Yeah. All right. So not mask worthy, but again, maybe a, a maybe an angry boy. henchman, a yeah. nasty, nasty, nasty boy. boy, kind of like an annoying cousin or something. <laughs> That's the real spook here. There you go. I have no segue. Let's take a break. <laughs>
<laughs> you always do our segues. I know. You come up with such good and beautiful segues. They're too expensive. I've never ridden one. <laughs> Dad. What? October is a very exciting month because of the spooky bats and other spooky good, bats. Other good spooky, spooky, spooky things. Spooky ghosts. Yeah. Spooky mummies. I freaking love Halloween. Spooky werewolves. Spooky vampires. But it's an exciting month for another reason. Do you know what reason that is? Because why? Because we have a merch pre-order. We have a merch pre-order. It's very exciting. We have a store on our website that says merch. You can click on it and you can pre-order the merch. We only have one thing. It's a way cool sticker. Way cool sticker. It's a beautiful sticker. It says keep keep on on growing. growing. Oh my God. Jinx. Jinx. I jinxed you first. That's not how it works. Okay. You jinxed me. Great. You jinxed me the day you were born. It's fine. Oh, rude! Whoa. Wow! (laughs) Wow, that was so rude. (laughs) Totally rude. Totally rude. But worth it. Worth it. But you know what else is worth it? The sticker. It's $3. You can pre-order it. We're going to send them all out. Uh, at the end of October, and it's going to be great, and you can help support the show. Help us help us keep on growing. Help us keep on going and keep on growing. We're going to send them out in November. We're going to send them out in November, which is after the end of October. We're going to send them all out in November, and it's going to be great. All right. Back to the episode. Back to the... Oh, wait. The... Thank you, oh. Lindsay and Vikram and Mama Casey. And Mama Casey, our three wonderful and beautiful and very, very spooky Starfruit patrons. Super spooky. The spookiest of all spookies. Now, back to the episode. Back to the episode. Well, that was a pretty spooky mid-roll. Very spooky. <laughs> so, Dad, do you have a nature fact for us? I do. Ooh-hoo-hoo. So, uh... October. It's time of Halloween. This is our special Halloween episode. Yes. Which we said already, but I think it bears repeating. Halloween is a time for pumpkins. One of my favorite pies is pumpkin pie. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the the pumpkin custard pie that you find, although that's pretty good. Are we going to talk about pumpkin chiffon pie? Pumpkin chiffon pie is so good. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. I look forward to it every Thanksgiving. I think this is like the third time we've talked about pumpkin chiffon pie on the podcast. You feel so strongly about pumpkin chiffon pie. I really do. Probably top five of your interests. It it is, at least. But the largest pumpkin pie ever made was over five feet in diameter and weighed over 350 pounds. It used 80 pounds of cooked pumpkin, 36 pounds of sugar, 12 dozen eggs, and it took six hours to bake. I have so many questions about this anecdote that you have brought to our podcast. I have given you all the facts that I have. <laughs> okay. First of all, how do you bake this thing? How is In an it oven. physically possible? Like physically, what oven? Do they build their own oven to construct this weird big pie? So I used to work at a bakery. Right. And we had ovens that you could walk into. That you would bake a pie into? No, you bake a rack full of bread and a rack full of muffins and a rack full of cookies and stuff like that. Okay, second question. How do you cut the pie? With a knife. But how do you get the knife in the middle of the pie to make the classic pumpkin pie wedge? So maybe they didn't bother with the wedge. Maybe they just gave everyone spoons and they all just kind of went at it. That's disgusting and ridiculous. That's so, that's, no. I think when you have a pie that large, you just have to like not worry about it. But I am worrying about it because you brought it up. It doesn't make any sense. Why? 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 I have so many questions. 
It could be like a giant sword. A giant sword that's three and a half feet long and maneuverable in some way? Three and a half feet is not giant for a sword. I mean, you have to stand on the outside and be able to get the sword. How big are swords? I feel like this is... Okay, second question. No, third question. All right. What do you do with a big pie? What do you do with a big pie? Eat it. You can't just you can you can't just eat a big pie. There has to be like an event or like some kind of distribution mechanism. Like there has to be a like some thing that goes why why? I'm guessing that there was an event. But, you know, what what do you put on the poster? We made the biggest pie. Come look at it. <laughs> I would look at that pie. I would go look at that pie. If I saw that poster, I would go to that event. I would look at that pie. I would grab a spoon and I would take a bite. Oh, my God. This just, oh, wow. Wow. What an image you have conjured for me today here. You're welcome. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and the largest pumpkin ever grown weighed 1,140 pounds. That makes sense. Pumpkins can get big. Oh, they yeah? can get really big, yeah. Well, apparently so can pumpkin pie. You ready for your next food? What's next? Your next spooky, spooky food is nutmeg. Okay. Nutmeg is an essential ingredient in pumpkin chiffon pie. And maybe regular pumpkin pie, too, but I don't care about that. So, how does it kill you? So... It can kill you, but the real thing about nutmeg is that it can get you pretty high. And I want to clarify right now here in this moment, do not do this thing because it is bad and very dangerous. Do not do this thing. Wow. Okay. So nutmeg is a spice, right? It is a nut. Um, The spice comes from the nut. We get spice from lots of different things. Sometimes the bark of a tree, sometimes leaves. This one is from a nut. All right. Inside of nutmeg, there is a compound called myristicin. And myristicin, which is the thing inside of nutmeg, can cause hallucination, nausea, dizziness, sluggishness. Kids sometimes get high on it. You have to eat about two tablespoons in order wow. to like really start feeling symptoms. Uh, yeah. That's not a lot. And it, it doesn't sound like a good feeling. Like it doesn't sound good in any way. I, I didn't, like, read any anecdotal information on nutmeg and, like, what that experience is like. Um, I did read a New York Times article that had some information uh, about how dangerous it is. It's not safe. Don't do this thing. Sometimes teens will do this and hospitalizations can occur. Sometimes even death. It's not. Don't do this thing. Do not do this thing. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah, not a great idea. It'll get you really, really sick. Yeah, and I mean, it has the potential if you ingest it enough, much like every other substance on the whole planet, like it does have the potential to be lethally dangerous, but probably not a threat, especially not in pumpkin pie. Very good. Wow. Okay. Today I learned. Okay. Cherry pits, peach pits, apple seeds, and almonds. This one I feel like I kind of knew. Okay. Tell me what you know about this. So I know that cyanide smells like almonds. Okay. And I know that people say you shouldn't eat fruit pits. Okay. And that's what I know. Okay. (laughs) Cool. Do you know anything about the relationship between peaches, cherries, apples, almonds? So these are called stone fruits, are they not? Yes. 
Or yes. even apples, even though they're like tiny seeds? No, not no, really. Not no, not apples. Yeah. But the things with the pits are called stone fruits because a pit's kind of like a stone, I guess, whatever. Yes. All right. And, but also apples. I have no idea beyond, uh, they all have, they all have vitamin C? I mean, probably. I don't know. They're all rosids. Oh. Yeah. So they're all in the rose family. I had no idea. Yes. Okay. I do kind of remember us talking about an apple being a rose, I think, in another episode, but I had no idea about these other fruits and I didn't remember. Yeah, it's like a lot of our fresh fruits are in the rose family. Okay, so are roses poisonous? Um, I mean, roses are kind of a whole different thing. But basically, these trees are all closely related. And all of their seeds, whether they're pits like a cherry or they're smaller seeds like an almond, all of them have this thing called amygdalin, which basically, if you do eat enough amygdalin, it can lead to specifically... Cyanide poisoning. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. This is generally not a threat because you'd have to eat a lot of seeds okay. for it to become an issue. However, however. However. Apricot pits currently today are dried and sold like a nut. Okay. As like a snack food and like a super food and like a fake cancer treatment. And it's bad and it's not good. And it does make people very sick. That sounds like some nonsense. Yes. And also apricots, like between the different fruits that I listed, some of them have different amounts of amygdalin and apricots have some of the highest amounts of amygdalin of all of the other fruits in the family. Wow. That's not good. Don't buy apricot pits, people. Yeah, it's very bad. Um, The CBC reported that a Canadian man was treated for cyanide poisoning from this. He'd eaten like 40 of these apricot pits that had been marketed. So you do have to eat a lot of them to get sick, but you can get sick. And eventually, yes, you can actually, in fact, die. Wow. I'm giving this one a mask. Yeah, it's not good. It's you need to eat a lot. It's not super threat, but it's a threat if you abuse it. I mean, you. Anything's like that, but this doesn't take as much as some other things. Yeah, and the biggest, I mean, in my eyes, the biggest issue with it, the biggest threat is like the false information and how apricot pits specifically are being marketed as like a superfood when actually they're extremely dangerous for you to be consuming at all. Especially like if someone like saw it as like a health food and then like gave it to their kid or something like that, like that's extremely dangerous. Yeah, as always, misinformation about stuff like that is the worst. All right, we're giving we're giving the old apricot pit a mask. Yeah, do not eat those things. They are very bad for you. So, my friend, the watermelon seed. Yes. Yeah, so, watermelon seeds is next. Okay. What do you know about? Have you ever heard of watermelon seed being bad for you in any way? I remember a Sesame Street episode. Okay. In which Big Bird ate some seeds, and they might have been apple seeds, but I think they were watermelon seeds. And when he found out that seeds were what plants grew from, he got terrified that one was going to grow inside of his stomach. Uh Uh-huh. And then Gordon, of course, calmed him down because, you know, there was no sunlight or or other things to make the seed grow. Mm -hmm. And that's about all I've ever heard of as far as, you know, seeds being dangerous. Yeah. So that's often, like, honestly, that's like what a lot of people think of. Um, I tried to find the source of this weird myth. I couldn't. But, like, adults still to this day will Google, like, can a watermelon seed actually grow in your stomach? Because parents tell this to their kids. What? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. 
I mean, if your parent tells it to you and then you grow up and no one tells you like, hey, you know, that's not true, right? Like, I don't know. There was an adult lying to you. <laughs> and this is why Sesame Street should stay on PBS. Yes, 100%. This podcast is in full support of Sesame Street from now until the end of time. But yeah, uh, no, it can't grow in your stomach at all in any way. There's not a seed that will grow in your stomach. And that's just a fact, not a threat. But interesting fact that I did learn while researching this you can roast watermelon seeds, like the black ones that they say not to eat. You can eat them and they're fine for you and they're not bad for you. Mm-hmm. But you can also like save them and roast them and you can also squeeze them and get watermelon seed oil. Ooh. Yeah. I bet that's fine. I mean, it's maybe it's good. I don't know. I, don't know. I like a good seed oil. I like a good seed oil, but it sounds like a lot of work. I bet. Oh, it- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, can confirm a lot of work. But you can also roast them and like put some like delicious pepper on them, salt and pepper, put them in the oven like you would a pumpkin seed or something like that. Man, parents are jerks. (laughs) What are you going to (laughs) do? What are you going to do? Dumb parents. So cinnamon. Okay, so our last food is cinnamon. Also delicious. Also a necessary ingredient in pumpkin pie. Very true. A good spooky food. Yep. Um, so I found a lot of, I did not like ever think about cinnamon as being one of those foods that can kill you. When I was Googling around about this, did find a lot of stuff about telling people to not do the cinnamon challenge. Don't do the cinnamon challenge. It's not a good thing to do. Uh, but also, separate from that, there is another thing that has the potential to kill you with cinnamon, and it's this thing called coumarin, which is a compound found in cinnamon. Um, so cinnamon is the bark from a cinnamon tree that we grind up and sprinkle on our lattes, etc. Oh, okay. Now I know. Yeah. I just thought it grew in powder form. That's not true. I had cinnamon sticks, but I guess I didn't realize it was the bark, but that makes sense. Wait, does that mean it's lignin? Ah. Uh- there may be some lignin in it, but it is definitely not the key thing Okay. in cinnamon. So this compound called coumarin, and I don't know if I'm saying that compound right. I think I am. Um, basically, it is regulated in a lot of places. In the EU specifically, they have regulations on how much coumarin you can include in any kind of food because it can damage your liver and your kidney. Um, there is some toxicity. It's not very extreme. But they do regulate how much can be in certain foods. In 2013, according to an NPR article, a bunch of uh, Danishes, like the pastries in Europe, were tested. Not the people. Well, those are Danes. Got it. (laughs) A bunch of Danishes in Europe were tested and found to have too much of this kumarin because specifically of the cinnamon. However, there are two species of cinnamon that we use commercially. One of them is cassia and one of them is called cylon. And the cassia has high coumarin content, and the Cylon has low to no coumarin content. So here in the U.S., we use almost exclusively Cylon cinnamon, so we have nothing to worry about. And also, Europeans don't really have anything to worry about, because while, yes, cassia cinnamon is technically higher in coumarin, one, you're not eating that much cinnamon, so it's probably not a big deal, and two... It's also probably not a big deal generally because it's really not that toxic to humans. I thought it was pronounced Ceylon or maybe Ceylon. It K-line. might be. It might be pronounced. It's C-E-Y-L-O-N. Ceylon? Cylon? Maybe. I don't There's know. also a T by that name. A Cylon is a robot on Battlestar Galactica. What do you mean a T by that name? A T. Like, you know, Darjeeling, oh Earl Grey, I was Ceylon looking at tea. the document with my notes, like looking like, there's not a T next to that word. <laughs> 
So some spooky foods. Good, good spooky foods. Yeah. I hope that these lovely and beautiful foods that you no longer have to fear if you are feared of them, except for potatoes. Be afraid of potatoes. Green potatoes. Don't eat apricot pits. Don't eat five pounds of rhubarb salad. Yes. Um, I hope that you can carry these lovely and good fall foods that are, in general, not life-threatening with you into the spooky, spooky season of Halloween and the very yummy, delicious season of the high holidays. And happy Halloween, everybody. Have a good time. And teens, you know what? You are not too old to trick-or-treat. <laughs> happy Halloween! Till next time, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of One to Grow On. This show is hosted by me, Hallie Casey, and Chris Casey. It is produced by Catherine RJ and Hallie Casey. Our music is Something Elated by Broke for Free. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at One to Grow On Pod. You can find all of our episodes as well as more information about the show and the team on our website, onetogrowonpod.com. Join our community and learn more about each episode at patreon.com slash onetogrowonpod. There you can get access to audio extras, fascinating follow-ups, and even custom art created just for you. If you like the show, please share it with your friends. Sharing is the best way to help us reach more ears. Be sure to check out the next episode in two weeks. But until then, keep on growing. Bye, everybody.